Hello, hi, and a warm welcome to the Samadhi Podcast, a series of short talks and guided meditations that help you become a happier, more peaceful and positive person. Learn how to calm the mind, deeply relax, gain control of feelings and emotions, and let go of stress and anxiety. This week, I'm going to be exploring some questions I've received relating to relationships, love, and the Buddhist teaching on attachment. Given that a lot of us might have been in lockdown for a while, and some relationships, maybe they've become strained, and as perhaps you begin some sort of de-escalation steps in your country, and we start interacting with people again, with our friends, our family, I thought it would be really nice to focus on the key to happy, healthy, and loving relationships from a Buddhist perspective. So, for a lot of us, if someone was to ask us, what would make your relationship with your partner better? Our answer would be something that our partner should do differently. It may even be a whole list that you've prepared. You know, oh, our relationship would be better if he was a bit more helpful around the house and he helped me out once in a while. Or, you know, if she stopped nagging me and let me have some time after work just to myself. You know, if they wouldn't spend so much time doing this or doing that, if they wouldn't spend so much money on this or that, you know, it's not usually something that we should do differently. You know, if I said, what would make your relationship with your partner better? Do you automatically think, oh, well, I shouldn't be like this or I shouldn't be like that? Or is your first thought something that your friend, your your parent, your partner should do differently? And so it is up until now that we have sought to experience our happiness, our joy and our love by way of the external world, especially our relationships with others. But as we venture on the path of meditation and self-inquiry, we realize that these can only come from within and that to experience happiness, joy and love It is up to us, each one of us, to bring that happiness, that joy, that love into the world. You know, that whole, we must be the change that we want to see in the world. You know, we have to embody these and make them a part of our everyday experience and bring them to our relationships. So along this line, I'd like to consider a quote from William James, an American philosopher and psychologist. He was considered to be one of the leading thinkers of the late 19th century. He said, for the moment, what we attend to is reality. If you think about yourself, your history, you know, if you were to take a moment to consider who you are, who am I? What would you say? Maybe you'd say something like, oh, my name is so-and-so, I'm an office manager from Gibraltar, you know, or something along those lines. And if I asked you to elaborate, maybe you'd refer to your family. Oh, I'm a mother, I'm a father, I have three kids. Whatever way you think of yourself, whatever perception of yourself that you carry around with you, good or bad, it's a story. And it's a story that revolves around a tiny fraction of your personal history. You know, your current situation, your past, what you value or you don't value about yourself. It's whatever you tend to focus on. 
But there's so much more about you than what story you tell yourself. Of course, when, when you think, who am I? You don't think about every minute of your life. You sort of just think of the highlights and the lowlights. And whatever story that you see isn't the full story, you know? And, and someone else might describe you in another way. To someone else, you're our manager, your dad. You're a neighbor, you're a friend, you're a client, or, you know, you're just a customer that I'll see once and I'll never see again. So this quote, what we attend to is reality. I really like this quote. It really fits alongside what the Buddha said. In the first lines of the first chapter of the Dhammapada, the Buddha says, mind precedes all mental states. Mind is their chief. They are all mind wrought. And what does this mean for us? You know, in particular in relation to our relationships. Well, what this means is that reality is subjective. We think that everything that goes on outside of us, outside the world, is completely objective. That it's really exactly as it seems. But, you know, what we see as our life, our relationships, our career, is what we focus on and what we attend to. And so if our partner disappoints us and we focus on this, then this is all we see. You know, and often if we do become upset with our partner, all the other ways that they've upset us and disappointed us in the past, you know, they all come back, don't they? They all become really, really apparent. And we start to seethe about all these little things, you know, and that's all we can see. Now, in that moment, we're focusing solely on their negative qualities. Now we perceive a version of that person which is just not true to reality. We've created some three-headed green monster in our mind's eye. And so we are, in the same way that we view everything, our story, our job, our friends, our partner, we are considering only a tiny portion of what we see about that person. You know, in that moment when our partner upsets us, we, we are seeing only a tiny portion of their story. You know, and, and because we're only seeing that, that tiny portion is our reality in that moment, our subjective reality. And so in that moment, we forget all the good things, all the positive things that normally pervade our awareness when we feel very loving and affectionate towards them. Because those things that we love about our partner are not qualities of the three-headed green monster they've become in our mind's eye. And so I think that our first step in having wholesome, happy relationships with everyone, not just our partner, but everyone, is to remember this essential point, that mind precedes these perceptions. And, and we should check, when we feel any sort of anger or resentment about someone, we should ask ourselves, what am I focusing on? Am I seeing this person through you know, my filters, my preconceptions, my misconceptions, am I seeing this person realistically in a balanced way? Or is this a three-headed green monster that I've created? Or am I seeing this person in a balanced way that is more in accordance with reality? I think it's important that we ask ourselves this, you know, and this will help massively with all our relationships. And now, of course, this works both ways. We can become very focused and, and 
um, grasping onto someone's negative qualities and we've created a three-headed green monster. But uh, we can also be under the influence of our grasping and our attachment. And, you know, in an unhealthy way that leads to difficult relationships. You know, we can, we can see someone as a source of our happiness and a source of happiness from their own side, you know, in a way that leads us to feel clinging, to feel obsession, to feel jealousy, craving and disappointment when they don't turn out the way we want them to. You know, because no one can can really live up to the expectations that we set. So, you know, we can see someone as a source of our happiness as someone that brings us joy and happiness and then we can cling tightly and we can become scared that they'll that we'll lose them and this just leads to pain so instead we need this balanced approach our partner our family our friends they are not three-headed green monsters and they are not the solution to all of our problems and the sole source of our happiness and it's not their duty to make us happy and fulfilled and content. We need a balanced approach. We need what the Buddha called a middle way. And we need to see that from their own side, completely independent of our mind and our filters, this person is not a three-headed green monster nor a source of happiness and instead they are just like us a sentient being and just like us they want to be happy and they want to avoid any unhappiness and so by looking through the lens of compassion and love instead of attachment we can see that this person just like us wants to feel happy and they want to avoid feeling any unhappiness and that their happiness is actually just as important as ours and so this brings me to another point about why there are conflicts in relationships. So we're all, we all experience what the Buddha called kleshas, um, sometimes translated as mental afflictions or delusions. And, and these are the, the negative mental states like anxiety, fear, anger, jealousy, depression. And so you know when someone like our partner responds to us with anger or frustration, it's easy to become very defensive and it can feel really turbulent for our mind. You know, it's not a very nice experience feeling angry with someone or frustrated with someone. And knowing how it feels, we respond to someone's anger with more anger. So if you, you know, if you think back to the last time that you felt some anger or frustration, how did that feel? How does it feel to be angry or frustrated and to lash out at someone? It doesn't feel good, does it? You know, if we ever lash out at someone, do you ever do it consciously? Not really. It's not a choice we're consciously making, is it? You know, in fact, afterwards we say, I'm sorry, I don't know what came over me. I don't know why I did that. That's, that's not me. That's not who I am. So why did we do it in that moment why did we lash out why did we become frustrated why did we become angry if it wasn't a conscious choice why did it happen and that's these kleshas mental afflictions and so you know that's our experience of kleshas of mental afflictions our experiences of anxiety fear anger jealousy they are not experiences that we consciously choose 
if we felt we could choose, you know, if I asked you right now, what would you rather to feel some anger and frustration or would you prefer to feel joyful and happy, patient, content? Yeah, I think your answer would be pretty clear. And so conflict arises in our relationships because we are subject to these glaciers and so are other people. And up until now, you know, knowing this, we should feel compassion for others as we all share this experience and we all share this wish. So what is the way out of this? How do we stop feeling anxious and frustrated and angry at our partners? Well, the Buddha talks about how our experience is habitual. So up until now, we, we continually respond to life with thoughts and emotions that are either aversive or grasping. And because of this, we experience greater suffering. So then if we train our minds and realize that all situations are not truly objective, they are not one way or the other, they're not black or white, that instead they are subjective and they're conditioned by our filtering and our grasping, then we can find the freedom to respond mindfully with patience and compassion and then we'll experience greater joy. And so I, I invite you to take this as your practice for the week. As conflicts arise, however big or small, look for the middle way. Try to recognize your subjective filtering. You know, take, take a step back from the situation and see it from a more realistic perspective and, and look out for the monsters that we create in our mind's eye. I want to thank you for listening to this week's podcast. I really hope it's been useful for you. If you engage in the practice of the week, please do let me know how you get on. And if you have any questions also, you can email us at info at samadhi.org.uk or you can send us a message on Facebook or Instagram. Thank you for listening and I hope to see you again real soon.